Good morning, everybody, and welcome into the pod at the Palace. Curtis Wilkerson and Scotty Borderline with Natty State Sports here on a beautiful and interesting Monday morning here in uh, in Fayetteville. We're not going to tell you guys what is, has been going on this morning, but we're just going to assume that everything has ran incredibly smoothly, about as smoothly as uh, Arkansas basketball has the last few weeks here. At any rate, here we are. Um, Arkansas basketball, uh, thought they played pretty well against Kentucky uh, in terms of effort, energy, enthusiasm, all those yeah. things that we've been griping about over and over and over for the last several games. Uh, still fell short, though, against the Wildcats, 63-57. to The Razorbacks lose uh, with college game day in town on Saturday. Uh, some things to be encouraged about, some things to work on, but I ask you, Scotty, is this a new week and new Razorback team, or are they teasing us again they're going to get blown out of Missouri? <laughs> Um, I don't know if it's a new Razorback team, but it did look new because they tried hard. They played hard, um, you know, for a full 40 minutes. Um, I don't know that I'm ready to say that, you know, that they can even build on that uh, because this team's been so game to game. All Like the Texas A&M game, like if anything, a, a, sh a game winner uh, basically at the buzzer, that should lift the team's spirits and confidence. Uh, and then a few days later, they get run off the floor, basically on their home floor, uh, by a South Carolina team. So I'm, I'm not ready to say that that this is a, a new team that's you know got renewed energy or whatever. Um, but I was encouraged that they they played hard um, defensively. There were some some positives. I thought you know they protected the rim fairly well. Like Kentucky, Kentucky was just bad, yeah, straight up bad at the rim. Uh, especially early when they got off to that one for 16 start from the floor. Makai Mitchell played pretty good. He had, Eric said it was his best game. He had a double double with four blocks. He's um, a man possessed for a change. Where's that been? Right. I mean, Arkansas's given up too much at the rim this year. They need that version of Makai every time Arkansas steps on the floor. Um, I think they would be in better shape. Um, but still, lots of questions. And, you know, you're 20 games into the season. It's late January, and you still don't know who your point guard is. So, boy, ain't that the truth. Yeah, we're going to talk about that point guard situation. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned Makai Mitchell. Um, have to give him his flowers, man. He played well. Uh, it's frustrating because where the heck has that been all season? Right. Uh, you know, we sat here and we did the start, sub, sit thing last week with, with a, a few different guys, but we did it with uh, Lawson and Graham and Makai. And we set Makai because we know what he's capable of, but we just haven't seen it on a consistent basis. He's looked like a shell of himself, uh, you know, compared to last year. But this was a great performance. And, you know, we'll see if it's something that he can build on or, or if he's going to kind of fall back into that inconsistent mold. That's been yeah. the story, you know, I think of the season for this team. I mean, last year he was serviceable to slightly above average. And then this year, I don't even think, like, he hasn't even been that. Like, yeah. he hasn't even been serviceable most of the year. Um, but when you see Kai play, it's just, it's played like he did Saturday and play so well. It's just, it's it's good to see, but it's also just frustrating because, like, <laughs> you know he's got that in him, and he did it against a top 10 team in the country that yeah. doesn't exactly lack for size on the interior. Like, they got some big boys in there. Yeah. Um, and, he's, and some Kai, guards that can really finish. Yeah. I mean, Kai is one of those guys. He's one of several on the team that I just like to grab and just like shake them. I, I won't because they beat me up, kill me. But I just <laughs> want to. Like, like, just bring it every game, yeah. please. Because, you know, that's just kind of a microcosm of this team as a whole that I thought looked, um, you know, as energized and motivated and connected as they have since SEC play started. And 
man, if, had they just had that same energy, they didn't play that well, especially offensively. Uh, but had they just played with that same energy, they would have won a couple of these games here just from effort alone, especially at home, uh, and they wouldn't be in the situation that they're in right now. So um, encouraged in some you know aspects there, but also very frustrated in others because it, it is just – and it was still a loss, but it, it just feels like a lot of too little, too late. But, yeah, yeah front court good. Um, Caleb Battle, good. I mean, we don't – Getting better. Like, listen – we don't pat ourselves on the back too often here at the pot of the palace, but like, I mean, maybe we put that bug in Muss's <laughs> ear about starting Caleb battle, dude, because you had the hashtag the other night before the old miss game. That's right. It's time. Yeah. yeah. And we know that he like, he's probably on the treadmill every morning, like listening to the pod. And so he probably heard that and was like, damn, you know what? I haven't tried that. You know, Scotty and Curtis, they've got it figured out. So I'm no- sure he, he took a- it to a staff <laughs> meeting and <laughs> what a novel thought, <laughs> but no, I, I'm glad he did. And, uh, you know, battle play defense. He was intense. Uh, he knocked down some big shots. He showed, you know, kind of let out maybe a, a full month's worth of emotion after that one where he just no let out a big it. lion's roar. Um, you need some swagger on this team. You need some scoring on this team. And it looks like KB might be getting, getting I don't know, he's not back where he was early on in the season, but he's getting closer and closer. It feels yeah, I like. think you're seeing signs of it. Like double figures. For the first two times in SEC play, back-to-back games, he started both of those games. Yep. And some encouraging signs, you know, he's his three-point attempt numbers are getting back up there. Five against Ole Miss, six against Kentucky. Um, I like that. Um, obviously, I think KB's super talented shooter. He's going to start knocking down shots at a higher clip if he gets the opportunity to. Um, another encouraging sign, he's getting in the line again, taking 11, 11 free throws the last two games, made nine of them. Um if you're looking for something else, he's not a black hole. He's passing. He's got two assists in the last two games um, each. And, you know, it's not exactly, you know, he's not passing the ball and sharing it like he was against Duke. Uh, but it could just be a product of, you know, guys not knocking shots down. I remember a couple times against Kentucky, he would drive baseline, find the guy in the in the backside corner. He did that a lot against Duke. Had good success with that. At that point, it's just up to your teammates to hit shots yeah. for you. Um, this team doesn't make a whole lot of shots, Curtis. They, um, just, they just really don't, so that hurts the assist numbers. Yeah, I haven't man. done the potential assists yet or the shots defended, but don't. Eric was <laughs> high on. <laughs> if I did it for the freaking Ole Miss game, I'm going to do it for the Kentucky that's, game. That's fair, actually. That's fair. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, he's – I just don't want him to get discouraged mm-hmm. with the two-point attempts. Like, he's two for his last nine, last three games on two-point attempts. And I said it to you the other day during the Kentucky game, he's just not getting a good whistle right now. Yeah. And I think a guy like KB who, you know, a lot a lot of his offensive times can be fueled from the free throw line and he sees the ball go through and that, you know, builds confidence in, in other areas of the floor. Um, but again, you know, he, he didn't get to the line against South Carolina, didn't play a whole lot against South Carolina, honestly. Um, but getting to the free throw line I think is a, is a big deal. Um but don't get discouraged because, like, Arkansas can't score right now, and KB's one of the guys that can. Uh, they need to just lift that chin up a little. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of uh, – I'm sure you've seen the clip. It was a few years ago, but it was UCLA when yes. uh, one of those players he had his head down and his teammate came over there and lifted it up. I like that you just did that because yeah. that was a powerful moment, yeah. and it's true. Um, you know, Arkansas, like, offensively, it just doesn't make sense to me right now because this team – was scoring over 80 points per game in the non-conference, and it wasn't all cupcakes. I mean, they were at the Bahamas. They had Oklahoma. They had Duke. 
Uh, so they were playing some good competition. And I think the one thing we thought about this team was, well, boy, maybe they have some holes this year defensively, but at least they'll be able to score. And now they can't crack 60 in SEC games. And, I mean, there's a lot of different issues there, but I, how the hell did we get to this point where there's just such a drastic difference all of a sudden? I just don't know. Like, sharing the ball has been an issue all year. Mm-hmm. It's not just, you know, a conference-only deal. Um, but a lot of, like, the ball's in Tremont Mark's hands a lot, and he can self-create much more than he can create for others, or he's much more proficient at doing that. Incredibly, (laughs) incredibly nice way of putting it. (laughs) Big understatement there. Um, But that's that's part of it, and there's just a lack of body movement cutting off the ball. It's where you need, like, an Audis Tony type that just, like, he gets bored standing still. A lot of guys just stand still and get bored. Right. But Audis Tony was just like, I'm not just, I'm going to get my steps in. I'm going to cut hard and, you know, be hard to guard. This offense is just not hard to guard. Not at right all. Right now. And we, you know, we're going to talk about the point guard spot, but uh, I think the ball needs to be in the hands of guys who can create the best. And I think right now uh, that's Tremont Mark. But if you wanted to try something else, because God knows you need to try something else at the, you know, primary ball handler spots after Saturday. T-Mark had three turnovers. L. Ellis had five. Uh, I think about the only thing that they haven't tried for a sh- for stretches, like not just, you know, like a possession or two, but just like try something and stick with it. It's Caleb Battle on the ball. Yeah. I mean, I just mentioned he's not a black hole. He can find guys. Um, and, you know, Arkansas doesn't have a point guard, clearly, or they would be playing him. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, yeah. If, if Arkansas, yeah, for everybody who's going to be like, oh, Caleb Battle is not a point guard, Scotty. Well, yeah, no, sh- like we know, yeah. we understand. Jamie Note wasn't a point guard either. Exactly. He was a shooting guard who was your best play creator. Um, give Caleb Battle a shot and just you know maybe maybe see what what that entails or what that leads to. Yeah, I think it could be good for KB's psyche, like in his confidence too. That you know, I think he's gotten a, a confidence boost being in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. The numbers dictate that. Um, maybe not from a shooting standpoint, but he's scoring better better than he was, which he wasn't scoring at all, so anything's better. Um, <laughs> he's in double figures back-to-back games. I think that could lift his confidence a little bit to know that Eric is you know, trusting him with the ball in his hands. I, could, I think that could do wonders. Yeah, you got to get him going you know, early in games, too. Like I get, I get frustrated, especially when he was coming off the bench where uh, he would just kind of hide in the corner and they would go six, seven possessions without him even getting a touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't do that. And, again, like Arkansas doesn't have a point guard. Like if – it, that's very clear, and if you know, I shared something with you this morning, Scotty, that I think makes it very obvious that Eric Musselman feels the same way. We'll Absolutely. keep that between us, but like, it's a huge issue for this team right now. Uh, yeah, L. Ellis didn't play well in this game. Um, you know, he's had his moments where he's distributed well. He's had his moments where he scored well. He didn't do anything well against Kentucky, and you know, must mention the point guard struggles. He's not a guy who's going to continue to do the same thing over and over. So I think they're going to mix it up, but like. You tried the Minifield thing. I like what he brings in terms of pace. I think the ball moves better when he's out there. Yeah. Uh, but defensively, it's a problem. It's like you, you can't go there unless you have the right kind of matchups, you know, from opponent to opponent. Um, and so what are you going to do? Layden Blocker? I don't think he's a true point guard. I think he should be playing now, yeah, maybe 18, 20 minutes per game. Yep. Uh, but you mentioned Aldis Tony. Layden Blocker is kind of that guy. He's just not as big. But you slide him off the ball and you put him in the corner – he does a great job of basket cutting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he times crashing the offensive glass really well, so I think he could be helpful there. I like your idea with Battle uh, being on the ball a little bit. Like he's going to make some mistakes. He's not a pure point guard. 
But what he does do is put pressure on the opposing defense, which Arkansas does not do. Um, he's a threat from anywhere inside half court. Uh, so it's got to be respected. And I think that can just give him some more spacing in and of itself because uh, you have to respect him as soon as he comes across uh, half court with the ball. And it's different than Tremont Mark because, like you said, battle is not a black hole. Tremont Mark is. And he's got a bag now. <laughs> he can create. Yeah. But Kentucky he might have knew. He's pro ready bag right now oh, on yeah. this team. Kentucky knew when Tremont Mark got two feet inside of the paint or inside of the three point line, even. He wasn't giving that thing up, and so he would pull up for those jumpers where he can usually like elevate over the top of a guy and knock it down, but they were sending people from the wings, and he was getting like double contested on those because they knew like he ain't kicking that thing out, and yeah. so and, and you can't necessarily do that with and a guy like Battle. you can send help even from the strong side corner because yes. you're not really worried about anybody knocking down a three. Also true. Yeah, like Davenport, who's hit 253s in his career, just – kick it out there to him. They don't even guard him anymore. It, it's baffling to me, but yeah. Yeah, like when, when Kentucky's sending two guys at a Tremont Mark pull-up, um, and, and maybe that, that help does come from the strong side corner, if that's Layden Blocker, he can cut off of that. Or maybe it gives you some pause on that second body going over because you know he's he's at least going to be active and he's going to move. And so maybe that changes a little bit of your plan. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Blocker. I think he's best off the ball. He can he can crash the offensive glass like we saw it in Percy. He had seven offensive boards in the Bahamas. The only rebounds he grabbed in the Bahamas were on the <laughs> offensive glass. And he got in trouble for it. And obviously, there's some give and take with him because you know the jumper is obviously a very much a work in progress. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe that's part of the reason they didn't play more than what five minutes the other day, right? Because um, he took a couple and missed them both he took a real he took a really bad it was either a three or a long two that i remember and was like yeah but arkansas won those minutes 15 8 right and arkansas didn't turn the ball over when he was out there obviously small sample size but eric puts a lot of value in that plus minus number and his was clearly the like far and away the best best he, that arkansas he definitely had. uses it to diminish jeremiah davenport's impact on the team so <laughs> you know he's quick to point out like hey did you see his plus minus so uh, yeah, man, but like they've got to figure something out. I mean, like they're getting closer and closer to the Andrew Ellis nightmare of Trevin Brazil, the point guard. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> like just give Caleb Battle a shot before you go there. I, yeah. I think I'm I'm on but I think board the, with that. TB's got to be it's got to be number two on their what we can what's left to try list. Yeah, like it's KB and then TB at the yeah. At the I think point. it's where we're at, and then we get into like Dennis Harris territory or whatever. Yeah. So you know, uh, but. Scotty, and we're going to talk about some of the absences here in a minute. Like, obviously, uh, Devo Davis, you know, Trevor Brazil didn't play in this game for differing reasons. There's our man right there. Andrew, dude, Andrew Ellis is like – came in clutch with the seven, brew thing. Yeah, just – Coffee delivery for my, my superior. <laughs> <You> <laughs> Thanks, brother. <laughs> Sliding the seven brew in here on, on what's been an eventful morning. After I appreciate that. the last hour that. we just had. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, this version – of Arkansas, the Saturday version of Arkansas, Scotty. Mm -hmm. um, if if this team brought it consistently the rest of the year, there's 11 games left. Like how many how many games do you think this version of the Razorbacks could win? Well, I know for a fact they could win at Missouri. Yeah, playing they should playing do that with, anyway. Playing with that level of energy, um, compete at LSU. Yeah, right. Um, LSU, like we're going to go down this list. There's some weird buildings in this league that are just so tough to win in. LSU's just 
for whatever reason, one of them. Right. And it's for different reasons than Mississippi State um, and Ole Miss. It's just – it's completely different. I think you can compete at LSU. You've got Georgia and Tennessee at home. After that, you can beat Georgia if you play like you did Saturday. Tennessee, you can compete in that game, obviously, if you if you play like Saturday. Mississippi State, just don't see it. Texas A&M on the road, another building yeah. that I didn't mention a minute you got ago. Them once. It's tough to win in. Right. Um, probably not. But Missouri at home, yes. Vanderbilt at home. Or Missouri at home, yes. Vanderbilt at home, yes. Kentucky on the road. If Makai Mitchell plays like he does, I think that's a good starting point. Yeah. But Kentucky's not going to score 63 on you again. Like they might you wouldn't put up, think. You might put, <laughs> a, they might put up 63 and a half on you at home. Right. Um, that offense is explosive. But it's like last week, Kentucky's offense just struggled. Mm. Two road games, did not shoot it well. Yeah. Um, they were 13 of 31 rim. at the rim against Arkansas. And, yeah. And I say they didn't shoot it well. They were 9 of freaking 20 from three. Well, yeah, yeah. Arkansas <laughs> guarded everything but the three-point line, for sure. I think Kentucky yeah. was like 5 of 6 from three in the last seven and a half minutes of that game. So they, they didn't shoot it well overall. Reeves and um, Mitchell got but loose. But when they needed timely shots, they were able to hit them. Arkansas was not ball game yeah so we've got kentucky on the road no lsu at home you sure can, yeah yeah and then alabama on the road no no <laughs> yeah. <So> five <laughs> yeah five, five or six games I, maybe I, I think that's where i was at with it you know five six top in seven there and and so again like there's an opportunity for arkansas to win some games here and and get a little bit of momentum and look like if you're playing your best ball heading into nashville the sec tournament i mean who who knows what could happen there if you get the right matchups so uh, the season's not over until it's over, but in terms of like an NCAA tournament large bid, the hole is it's it's too deep. Like I'm it's wondering almost, what those odds look like at this point. They're like a, even like best case scenario down the stretch, or almost best case scenario down the stretch. I wonder what that. Well, I can tell you because I'm a nerd, and I've <laughs> and I've been I've been doing my dives into the stats too. All right, and because I was just wondering, like what, like is there a world where this could happen realistically? And so I went over to BartTorvik.com, and they got this thing. It's called the TourneyCast Simulator. It's really cool, and so it just kind of keeps track of where you're at with your season. Uh, but then you can go through and just pick win or loss in all the games the rest of the way. It goes through their algorithm and their simulator, and it kind of tells you where you stand. And so I took Arkansas um, just to see where they would be to go 9-2 and two the rest of the way. So that would put them at 19-12 and 12 overall. It put them at 10-8. and eight in SEC play. I think anyone would take that. The only losses I had them taken were at Kentucky and at Alabama. Sure. And ran all that, <laughs> ran the numbers, and it still has Arkansas as the sixth team out of the at-large conversation. Lord have mercy. So they could win 9 of 11 games down the stretch. That would include, you know, a win over Tennessee, win at Mississippi State, right? And 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 so the grave's um, five foot deep is what you're saying. I'm saying that the grave is five foot deep, yeah. And and Arkansas's reach is only four feet tall. Like Yikes. that's uh that's tough. So, you know, barring just a, a ridiculous turnaround, like they gotta go win the whole thing in Nashville if they're gonna get in the tournament. And that's frustrating because like we said earlier, you feel like had they had just had that same level of Eric Musselman's favorite uh phrase of connectivity. Is that Connected, what he said? Connectivity. Um, you know, and, and just effort that, man, maybe they could have picked off another one or two here and the situation would be a little bit different, but they're, they're in a huge hole. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And we talked about early red flags uh, on the last episode and 
you know, you finally you finally saw some signs of life the other day against Kentucky. Like you're actually playing hard for a change, which was I think the fans appreciated that. Like you mentioned that on yeah. the post game show the other night. Yeah, they just appreciated the guys playing hard. Arkansas hit the defensive glass really well. They mm -hmm. had like I don't even know, what was the box score look like. Um, Arkansas had one, two, three, four guys. Um, in that game, finished with you know four or more defensive rebounds. That's T Mark, really T Mark had seven. Chandler Lawson seven. Makai Mitchell nine. Uh, Caleb Battle four. And hey. so like, I think K KB was a, a good fit for that game because he's shown you a little bit of toughness on the glass. Like he's not going to go to the glass all the time, um, but he can he can get in there and get a little bit dirty on the glass. I think people appreciated that. Arkansas on the road of late has just not been able to grab rebounds whatsoever right. like feel like the best way Arkansas got a defensive rebound uh on the road or at, at Ole Miss was like Ole Miss misses a shot and then the shot goes over the backboard dead ball team defensive <laughs> rebound Arkansas <laughs> yeah. like that was that was about as good as it got right um, but fans appreciate that kind of stuff and they played hard and they just enjoyed watching a team get some defensive stops for a change too. Exactly. Like and you, compete. You get defensive stops, you're going to get the crowd involved because that's what the crowd's been accustomed to the last few years. Yeah. Is just getting defensive stops. So that's partly what made the crowd feel more alive the other days. They they had more to cheer for more often. Yeah, like the the losses are frustrating the way they've been mounting, but. Uh, these are the types of losses that you can live with, not the just uncompetitive 30-point beatdowns yeah, that they've been still taking. sucks, like, but Eric was right the other day. Like He said, if somebody walked out of the building today and said that we didn't play hard, you're wrong. Yeah, and yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely. I'm with him. Like, the loss sucks, obviously, and mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not the type that's like, you can build on a loss, um, but I think there were there were some things that you just, you just hope carry over. Yeah, I think this team needed to you know, be reminded or remind itself that like they can compete with a team like Kentucky. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about it throughout the game, like, and, uh, like full disclosure, just based on what we've seen the last month here, uh, there were a lot of moments in that second half where, uh, you know, Kentucky might have a possession or whatever. And it, you just kind of had the feel where I'd look over at you and be like, this could be it. Like this could be the dagger. And to Arkansas's credit for 38 minutes of that game, uh, every time I felt that way, they responded, whether it was coming up with a big defensive stop or giving up a huge bucket, but then answering on the other yeah. end. Like they didn't fold, you know, in the face of adversity, which they have so many times uh, there until the very end. Like they had the back to back turnovers and, you know, all of a sudden they're down by nine there uh, when it was a one point game with under three minutes left. And I know that's a, a frustrating way to end, but uh, man, they really they, they fought for 40 minutes. And so they, I think yeah. they deserve a lot of credit for that, at least. Yeah, I mean. Think about all of the timely threes that Antonio Reeves hit. Dude, like that he team, is a they, killer. It could have just crumbled to their knees every time he did that. Mm -hmm. um, and then the Reed Shepard shot, like the Reed Shepard three from the left wing. By the way, where he was shooting over 70% from the freaking season, you might want to get out there on him. <laughs> yeah. um, they, they just they didn't fold. Um, they just didn't have enough answers, if that makes sense. Right. It's like – it. That loss wasn't for a lack of trying. It was just for a lack of, of offense and um, just not getting out to – just not staying attached to key shooters, which yeah. was a pretty big deal going into the game. True, man. Um, and, you know, Arkansas, you know, we talked about them not folding. Like, they, they kind of had every reason, really, for this to be a mess uh, because of some of the weird stuff that was going on. 
uh, no Devo, no Trevor Brazil. We'll, we'll talk about those guys individually here, but um, I wonder, you know, in the grand scheme of things or as a whole, is it just coincidence or is there something to the fact that Arkansas was without these two guys and boy, they played a lot better and, and, you know, more connected than they have. Yeah. I think there's something to be said for, um, in games when maybe you lack the depth that you would like to have, um, guys aren't looking over their shoulders anymore. Exactly. Like Caleb battle can give up a three and he's probably not going to be looking at Eric well, Eric's going to go look at the bench to see who can replace him, but he didn't see obviously he didn't see anybody they wanted to replace him with. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think there's, I think guys probably with that lack of depth, lack of depth probably felt a little bit trimming like the rotation had, like, by default. Like they had like, a longer leash. Yeah. Um, probably, and that that goes for, especially all the guards. I mean, mm-hmm. with the front court, the front court I thought played really well the yeah. other day. Jalen Graham had a moment. Um, my favorite part of the whole game was L hits JG in transition for a dunk, and they played dunked on my Froggy Fresh. Just got dunked on. <laughs> right after that, that was the best part of the day. Well done. Well done. Um, but, yeah, the guard the guard spot, especially the point guard spot, is just a mess. But um wasn't bad enough to play Layden Blocker more, apparently. Yeah, got to do that. Um, the Devo situation, it's – it's weird. It's complicated. It's tricky. Um, who really knows like exactly what's going on there? Like I know Jay Billis said it for, from what he gathered, it felt like maybe he almost went AWOL. Um, so I don't know if like if the if the staff knew or if the team knew that he wasn't going to be there for the game. Like if if it was Devo's decision, if it was the team's decision. Like I have no idea about that. But um, he wasn't there, and you know Musk naturally didn't have anything to add to that after the game. I don't yeah. blame him for that. Uh, you know, first and foremost, like, hope he's okay. Yeah. Um, safe. I texted healthy. somebody last night that knows him, and I got back. He's okay. So good. That's that's good to hear. Yeah. Um, based on what I've gathered, and and I don't like who knows. Like these things are always so fluid, and and they can change from day to day, obviously. But I just kind of get the sense that maybe we've seen the last of of Devo in a Razorback uniform. Like I know this has happened before. Uh, after Maui last year, and, and he came back. I don't know if the, if the circumstances are similar or not. I don't think they are, but... The timing that it happened in the season probably makes a... probably plays a big role in it. Right. Um, where are you at with that? I mean, you... I know that we don't know for sure what's going on, but just gut feel, do you, do you think it's a wrap for, for Devo, or...? I don't know. Like, if I had to... Like, if Saracen had a prop on it, I'd probably say that he's not coming back. Right. But yeah. every time I bet with Saracen, I lose, so. It's also true. Except when you bet on Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bet on Patrick Mahomes. Um, the Lions killed me again with a last-second <laughs> worthless touchdown. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I would probably say no at this point. Um, I just – I I really miss the, the Devo that we got to know – his freshman year when mm-hmm. he was happy-go-lucky, bubbly personality, guy that brings the big two-pound, three-pound bag of candy in the locker room and shares it with guys and just is just kind of a just kind of a character um, from what we heard, you know, behind the scenes in practice. Like back in the day, I think his his freshman year, right? They were, you know, you sometimes you'd still wear these masks in practice. Like if somebody wasn't feeling good, he would just wear them for the hell of it. And just goof goof around, and that doesn't um, sound like my idea of fun, but good for him. No, I mean he's just <laughs> he's just like a different yeah. different personality, um, 
I missed that. And I remember talking to Justin Smith. The bag of candy story actually came from Justin Smith because I was like, you know, dude, you've been around the block at college before. Have you ever, you know, been around somebody like this? And he just, he just, I remember he long paused and he laughed and he said no. And I was like, <laughs> well, can you give me an example? And it was the bag of candy thing. Um, and he's just wanted to do whatever it took to help the team win. And then in the postseason, he was always there for you. Um, was there was there for you as recently as last March. Um, I just I hope he's okay, and I hope that he can find his joy again. Because yeah. Eric's talked about that a lot in the past. Like when Devo went through struggles, what was it last year or maybe his sophomore year? Um, I think it was his junior year. Maybe he was talking about that because Devo had a good game, and then they had he said they had talks about finding his joy again, um, and just you know loving to play the game. Um, right. I hope he I hope he's able to find that, and you know if he does come back, maybe this step maybe a step away is, and you know you get some fresh air, you recenter a little bit. Maybe you can, I don't know, maybe you can find your find your your way again. Um, it I would love it if he did come back because I think Devo at his best is really good for this team, like locker room on the floor. Um, just hope he's all right. Yeah. Yeah. I hope he's all right too. Um, you know, as far as the basketball is concerned, it's been a, it's just been a weird year. It it hasn't been a good year for Devo. I mean, it's just, it's just true. Um, hasn't been able to really figure it out. I don't think he's been able to find his way or or where he fits or his role with his team, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, that's tough because he is the, the senior leader and the returner. And so in theory, like, you know, the rest of the guys should kind of acclimate around him. Yeah. But he's always very much been a guy who, you know, he kind of sets back and, and evaluates early in the season and kind of gets in where he fits in. Uh, and, and it's usually a really good spot for him. Uh, but it's just felt a little bit different and, and off with him this year, um, you know, on both ends of the floor, quite honestly. And I, I don't know if that's just with the just the full influx of new guys around him. Like even there's always roster turnover, like even last year, you know, like Nick he had a previous relationship with like they were good friends with yeah. him coming in. He knew those in-state guys like Pinion and, and Ford and everybody. And, and so I wonder if it's just, uh, you know, maybe this particular mix, he just hasn't been able to figure out kind of where he fits and where he belongs. I, I don't know, but um, yeah, like we haven't seen as much of the just incredible energy that he yeah. brings to the floor. And it's been more, and you mentioned this earlier, um, off air that it's just been a little bit more stoic, I, I think from him. And then he's just had these outbursts of emotion, but uh, you know, at times it's been not the way you want it. It's come in the forms of, you know, yeah. texts and flagrants and, uh, there's just been something that's been a little bit off. And, and yeah. so I think you're right. Like maybe, you know, some sort of a, a reset, um, just emotionally could, could be good for him. And, and I don't know if, you know, if there's a return in the cards, like, I, I don't know if he wants that. I don't know if the team wants that. Like, I have no idea, but either way I, I'm with you, man. Like, I just hope he, you know, kind of finds, finds some peace and, and finds that joy again, because, uh, dude, he's just a, he's a unique character. He is. And, uh, I you mean, want the best for him. And you go back to the bubble in Indy. I mean, I remember stories were written about this kid's personality how funny he is he's wearing sunglasses inside because yeah. um, the, <laughs> the haters can't see him. Um, <laughs> but it just feels like over the years, he's kind of hardened a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. Like it's, it's, I've seen him multiple times in, in the Bahamas. We saw it, you know, a uh, technical foul or a flagrant um, or just like 
you know, is pointing at a, an official and, you know, just saying so, saying like a, a one-liner that's just, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do wonder if his time here has just been mentally taxing because what would you set the over-under at for number of teammates he's played with? Shoot. Number of different teammates. It's a lot of different 30, personalities. Probably more than that. I mean, egos. Yeah. Involved. And then he's got to get to know every single one of them, you know, on and off the floor, what they like, um, you know, what's the best way to compliment everybody um, on the floor. And then it's just guys from all walks of life, all different backgrounds. And I would imagine, and he's been the one constant over the four years, the one constant. And I would imagine that's really taxing mentally and emotionally. Um, and then you got to go play ball with those guys and, you know, try to put on a show. It's just, it's, I would imagine it's really difficult. Yeah. And so I, I don't, I have no idea, like if we're ever going to really get all the details on what's going on here. And I guess we'll just kind of have to wait and see how it all plays out. I mean, one thing I did like to see, you know, over the course of, of Sunday was a lot of the guys on the current roster were po just posting supportive messages, you yeah, know, and in a way it. that kind of freaks me out a little bit, but I, I think yeah, it made that, me wonder kind of in the moment what was going on. Exactly. But it was good to see, you know, a lot of guys like pictures with Devo, you yeah. know, you're my dog brother forever, you know, everything like that. And, and I think, uh, regardless of what's going on or like what the circumstances are, he, he's definitely a guy who needs support right now. And so definitely. it was good to see that. Yeah. Um, on, on the other side of the spectrum, Trevor Brazil, uh, was at the game, but he did not play uh, out with knee soreness, which is a just kind of a weird term to use for me. Like, I, I don't know. Um, how how sore are you? Like, how long does soreness last? I just wonder. I'm still sore from walking up the steps yeah, on Saturday dude. night. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sore from sleeping. So <laughs> but so I just wonder if, if it's really that or, you know, if he's dealing with some inflammation or something like that in that knee. Like, I, I just wonder if there's more to that. But um, he didn't play against Kentucky. And from the sounds of it, you know, must said that he wasn't close. And so it kind of makes me wonder about where he's going to be at here moving forward. Like, is yeah. he going to try to, if he wasn't close to playing against Kentucky, is he close to being on the practice floor Monday? Is he going to be able to go back to Columbia, Missouri, the place that, that hates him and, uh, and be able to participate yeah, in that game? Like him. what, what you, I guess what's your take on the whole Trevor Brazil thing right now, uh, independent of, you know, the impact he can make for this team, because when he's at his best, we know how, how good he can be. But boy, for the better part of SEC play, he's kind of been a, a, a liability maybe on both ends of the floor. Yeah. I mean, Arkansas's offense and defense in league play has been worse with him on the floor, which I didn't expect coming into the no. season whatsoever. Um, I mean, I, I came back into the office Thursday morning after we did the watch party Wednesday night, uh, rewatched the the game, the Ole Miss game Thursday morning, and um, get to the point where TB has that weird fall, and it's about the point where he gets taken out of the game, and he goes over, or before he actually gets up, he taps his right knee, which I'm just thinking that's that's not great. So he comes out not long after that, and. While I'm doing this rewatch, I shoot you and Ellis a text, and I said, my bold prediction for the Kentucky game is that TB doesn't play. And Nailed he didn't. <laughs> um, I don't know if he plays Wednesday either. Yeah. Um, because as of right now, we don't know what he's going to be able to do on the floor. If he wasn't close to playing on Saturday, how close can you be on Monday right. to even getting back on the floor, which you, you alluded to? Um, I just – I think – 
not that like Missouri's not it's not like you're walking into Cameron Indoor or you're walking into you know one of the tougher venues to play, but they are going to be amped up. For it will that be game. for him. It yeah. will be amped up for him. And I don't know that you try to knock his rust off, so to speak, uh, on the road in a place that wants to celebrate and cheer every single mistake that you make. Mm. Is that soft? I don't know. Um, is that me being a pansy, thinking of thinking that way, or do you just do you just sit him again? Um, if he's if he is healthy or not sore or, or whatever we're calling that I mean it, I'm of the thought of playing and the reason why is because I've kind of felt like for the past couple of weeks here that maybe that return to that environment is what he needs as a catalyst to kind of get back to to where he was just as a competitor with the intensity um you know like I would love to see him just you know you know, dunk on Connor Vanover and just stare down the Missouri fans, you know. And yeah. I know that's a game that he's been looking forward to. Uh, he's a guy who has never lacked in confidence or, you know, he's not the most physically strong player, but he's, you know, he's he's just in the past just been more aggressive and confident. He's just had a swagger about him. It's just been missing for a while now. And maybe alpha. that's because he's had of the more alpha about him. Right. And it's just, it seems like that's gone. Yeah. MIA. And so I don't, I don't know what to expect. I, I mean, I would love to see him out there Wednesday. I think that's one of the only things that makes a, you know, one and six versus zero and seven SEC matchup intriguing is yeah, Brazil going no back to Colombia. So that would be cool. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I think I'm kind of with you there on if he wasn't close Saturday, how close is he going to be, you know, for Wednesday? Yeah. And then my thought process is if he doesn't play Wednesday. I think I'm ready to rule him out for for Saturday at LSU too, because then you look ahead, and Arkansas has kind of got the bye in that midweek, and so they would That's have right. the full yeah. week off before they play Georgia at home, and maybe that's just kind of the the two week reset that he needs. And I speak about you know soreness and stuff, but you know he hasn't played a full basketball season in a couple of years. Yeah, and you know it's this is more of a workload than he's ever had as a college player. Um, and I'm not making excuses for his his lack of production, but you know, in terms of maybe there's some fatigue or kind of hitting a wall yeah, on that I think return he's at run this point into in the a wall season. And he's stuck in the wall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need to get him out of that wall. So if it means taking a few games off and being ready to roll down the stretch and and contribute the way that he's capable of contributing, then I mean, I think I'm probably willing to sacrifice a, a couple more games there that are yeah. winnable. I think without him. Yeah, I mean, you get through Missouri and LSU on the road this week. You got Georgia and Tennessee at home. Um, I think you'd like to get him back at the latest for that Georgia game. I mean, yeah. you mentioned you got that week, and then you know you get Tennessee in a midweek. Um, I think you you need your best players and your maybe first round pick. Yeah, available that would be yeah. ideal well, against a really really good defensive team. I think so too, man. So. We'll see what happens there. Like I don't, I don't know that we're gonna talk to Eric before they go to Columbia. If, yeah, if we know. do, it'll be Tuesday. Um, I'm not necessarily anticipating that. We'll see. Maybe because they played better against Kentucky, we'll we'll get a shot there. But I just I, I think he wants to play in that game. Um, and if he does, he his back will never feel like it's more against the wall. Yeah. Than in that game, I mean, in the and I think, like I just think he needs to play. 
Yeah. I think he needs to play because he's had the Twitter fingers in the past. Mm-hmm. He sent out a tweet, Ms. Ms. Who, from yeah. behind the bench before the game even ended in Fayetteville. What was it last season? Mm-hmm. What's going to be harder going for him? And playing. Like going in there and just playing and getting the business from, from the fans for two hours or not playing and then just being added on Twitter for, you yeah. know. Yeah, like he, if he can if go, he doesn't play. Does he travel, or do you just leave him at home? That's a good question. That's a really <laughs> I mean, good question. Gonna, I mean, he's going to take a lashing if yeah. he's behind that bench and he's not playing, or yeah. he's on the bench and not playing. It might be just better off hanging here if you're not going to play. I can't wait to see what happens. Trevor Brazil, come join the watch party on Wednesday night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, if, if you're free, <laughs> if you're free, yeah, if you're join not us, playing man. Open invite. <laughs> oh man, we'll we'll see. But um, yeah, you know, obviously still games to be played and we'll kind of see if Arkansas can figure some things out down the stretch of the season here but uh portal season is going to be nuts and it looks like based on uh our conversations last week that you have uh held true to your word and the the whiteboard is is developing it's in progress what do we got it is in progress well, last week we talked about well I guess six guys six guys that I think we both really like and I had five printed off this morning um, shout out to my wife for letting me use the printer at home. Appreciate that. And thanks for letting me use the ink. It's really, th- it's like thick cardboard type paper. Um, I don't know why we, Trezarian White and Chauncey Jenkins ended up landscape instead of portrait, but They whatever. both look great. I, um, I don't know why you got good. a picture of John Moran instead of Chauncey <laughs> Jenkins, but like, whatever. So I, I did, um, I was doing a Google search this morning for some Chauncey Jenkins info and Google autofilled into Chauncey Jenkins, John Morant. Like, they're, the internet will tell you that they're blood brothers. It's uncanny. <laughs> and I was watching highlights before we started recording. Chauncey Jenkins can get up, son. Yeah. He can get up. But your guy, Alex Williams, I mean, you can maybe you can read the build, um, but er, er, uh, Curtis said it last week on the show. Um, Mikhail Brown-Jones came to Bud Walton Arena and put up some – Put up, he, I mean, he complimented the Langley twins about as well as you possibly could. Um, and then Marcus Foster, I put build your team around him. Yeah. Um, I think you, he didn't play when Furman came to Arkansas. Right. Luckily um, for Arkansas. <laughs> but, he, yeah, Curtis is of the opinion, and I agree with him, that Marcus Foster's our best player. But J.P. Pegues, we've talked about Arkansas needing a point guard. Um, dude's a winner. He can, you know, knock down big shots in the postseason, as Virginia can can, can attest to. Um, and then Trezarian White. Baller I alert. Mean, yeah, I put, I put his build longer than a Monday. Um, had twenty eight and five against Arkansas, and the message boards were um, were alive after Arkansas beat UNCW. Like he's going to look great in an Arkansas uniform yeah. next year. I hope he does. I love yeah, that kid, man. No kidding. But yeah, Alex Williams. He's actually not uh, an SEC linebacker or a tight end or whatever. He's just a was he six four. Six five two thirty five, and he he's a yeah yeah that'll do. I mean, he like Brown Jones is a grown man. Yeah, absolutely. He hit five threes in that game too against Arkansas. He did really yeah. lots really of good. so Chauncey Jenkins went for twenty one seven and three against Arkansas. Drazarian White twenty eight and five, and JP Pegues had twenty one points and six assists. So yeah, um, just guys that we think that you know if, if these guys hop in the portal, um. I think they're on our big board. Obviously. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They're big time. And you know, like even Marcus Foster, like that's we kind of compared him to Jalen Tate, not as players, but you know, Tate was a guy who, when Arkansas played Northern Kentucky, 
Uh, they were prepared for him. They scouted him. They reviewed his film. He didn't play in that game, but they knew exactly who he was, and they went and got him because yep. he was a good fit. And I think it could be the same thing for Foster. I mean, he's six four, six five. Uh, you can just tell from the from the picture there. Like he's got broad shoulders. Yep. He's averaging nearly twenty a game, seven rebounds. Like he's uh, he's really good. He he's a guy who I think is is one of those dudes who can transfer up and make a huge impact right away. Trezarian White looks like he'd be fun to interview. He does. I mean, the other guys are just like. Or uh, I guess other than J.P. Pegues, all the other guys they just look like they they just want to they want to hoop and they don't want to talk. Jazarian White's got a nice smile about him. He <laughs> looks looks pretty good there, uh, and you know we like the idea of Arkansas finding those hidden gems, right? And you know the mid majors and you know teams they played before or whatever, uh, but they do need to get I think uh, not just guys from winning programs, which which most of these guys here are, but guys who have done it at the SEC or similar level, you know, that way there's not as much of a learning curve and an adjustment to be made once they get here. So I think Arkansas is going to attack the portal uh, looking for those kind of guys too. So what we want to do today, Scotty, is kind of get into, you know, Arkansas seven games into the SEC schedule, the teams that they have played so far, who are maybe some guys that we've seen that, you know, realistically, if they hit the portal, Arkansas could be all over it. Like not, um, oh yeah, uh, Reed Shepard and DJ Wagner from Kentucky. Oh, yeah, Arkansas, she'll get them. Like, why not no, go get Rob Dillingham. Yeah, I mean, go get not? Rob Dillingham. Like, no, the guys who are going to be <laughs> draft picks, obviously, like we're not going there. But Dillingham's going to be a top ten pick, dude. He's so good. I'm, I, I'm kind of disappointed we didn't get to see. <laughs> I him. am too. Really, I really am. Yeah. And that, we didn't talk about that, but that's part of the. Re- that's another reason Arkansas was in that game because Dillingham didn't play. Yes, exactly. Who you got? <laughs> From, that we've seen so far. What do you so think? I'm I'm gonna. This is not like one, two, three in terms mm-hmm. of like guys that I want. How about an in-state kid, Chris Moore from Auburn? I mean, you look at. I know that that name's probably. I mean, I, I bet people in Arkansas like the name. You look at his numbers. They're not. They're not sexy. They're not going to jump out to you. But what does jump out is that Auburn, pretty good this year. He started every game for him. And this year, when Arkansas, one of Arkansas's biggest issues is they don't play hard, you don't have to worry about Chris Moore not playing hard. And he's athletic as all hell. Um, and, he, I mean, he's, he's just going to do a lot of the dirty work stuff for yeah. you. And I think he's, he's not going to probably lead you in scoring or rebounding or block shots or whatever. But he's, He doesn't care. But he, Yes, yeah. and he doesn't care. I think he's low maintenance to no maintenance, and that's yes. that's right up Eric's alley. Yeah, I'm so glad that you brought that name up, and that, that's a good one. I didn't think of that, but it kind of fits the mold of, of where I went to for a couple guys is like toughness, um, physicality, the size, you know, and just guys who, who kind of come across as selfless teammates. And so I kind of looked at Texas A&M because I think okay. they embody a lot of those traits too. And, you know, Buzz Williams, they kind of have an identity of that grit and toughness. And they got a couple of those, you know, six, seven, you know, moldable, versatile guys on that roster that impress me. Uh, Solomon Washington being one and Anderson Garcia being another. And like those aren't the sexiest names and they're not guys who I think will come in and start and be huge, huge contributors. But yeah. dudes who can be in the rotation and can do a lot and can be assets for a team. Dude, Anderson Garcia has a game this year where he's got nine. He had 19 boards, nine offensive. So he had a double-double if you take out his offensive rebounds, but he almost had a double-double <laughs> yeah. double only with offensive rebounds. Um, I love that. I mean, that's 6'7", 215 for Anderson Garcia. He's all over the glass. Like, he's top 50 nationally in offensive rebound percentage, good block rate, good steal rate, uh, gets to the free throw line quite a bit. 
can step out and knock down a three. I don't know if you want him doing it all the time, but I like it. Yeah, I like it. I, I think those complimentary pieces are just – they're so important to a team, obviously, because you've got like a couple of years ago you had J.D. Note and Jalen Williams um, as your, you know, your your cornerstone guys. Stanley Mude, really good. Audis mm-hmm. Tony thrived in his role. You've got to have guys that thrive in their role, know right. what their role is, stick to it, and not have a problem with it. Yeah. Um, I think those guys are those guys will be perfect fits. Cool. You got anybody else that stood out to you? Um, I think we agree on this one. Will Richard from Florida. Love that. Absolutely love, love that. Love that kid, yeah. yeah. Dude, he's I mean, he's he's six four. Um, he's big broad Kevin. He's like 205, 210 pounds, and so he's got some thickness to him. Yep. Uh, and I think that plays on the defensive end. He lets it eat from three man like he really really lets it fly I think he attempted 10 threes against Arkansas he only made three but he's a good shooter uh yeah that's the kind of guy that I, that I think Arkansas needs I like Will Richard a lot and then you look at some of the I like to look at these defensive numbers as Arkansas mm-hmm. Arkansas needs some guys next year that can really defend like as I'm I'm sick of watching this team give up easy bucket after easy bucket yeah um Will Richard's not going to blow you away with like a steal rate or steal numbers or, or whatever but he can do it, and then I think it's really important that a guy doesn't foul very often because mm-hmm. Arkansas fouls away from the ball f- so much, dude, yes. so much. 1.8 fouls committed per 40 minutes played, 1.4 inside the SEC. So he's, you know, he's th- he's in his second year at Florida right now, so he's maybe figuring out the league a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Will Richard a lot for a number of reasons. Yeah, shooting 35% from three, Arkansas would take that in a heartbeat. Love that. You know, you went Chris Moore from Auburn. I'm going to throw one at you here. Chad Baker Mazzara from Auburn. Wow. Um, he's a – he, he kind of came across as a jerk in Fayetteville, <laughs> uh, but he really fits the mold. I mean, Talk he's a guy, about a personality, man. Yeah, dude. I mean, he's a guy who's 6'7", uh, you know, long. He competes his tail off. I know Bruce Pearl really, really likes him. Yep. Um, you know, he can shoot it. He can guard. I mean, he, he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades. It really fits. I think he's a muscleman prototype kind of player. Yeah, 6'7", um, 180. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's he, – he, I can't remember if he's the D2 guy or the Juco guy, but he's come from a smaller level and gone through that grind before, and, and now he's kind of getting a taste here. Listen, he uh, played at San Diego State a couple seasons ago. Like That's gets, right, yeah. It's tough as nails. Yeah, exactly. And so – you know, that's, I think, the kind of guy that, that Arkansas needs. Um, and he's got, you know, he's got, he's got a little shit to him. Like, he's the one that Devo, I think, you know, shoved over because he was ticked off. He got the tech for taunting the fans. And uh, I, I think he's got a little bit of personality to him because I, I was listening to their, you know, post-game interviews and somebody asked him about, you know, the tech and everything. He was like, you know, it's just kind of weird to me that I got whistled for that because anything I said, you know, to the bench or the fans, I was, I was speaking in Spanish. It's like, so unless the official, you know, knows a second language, like, I don't know how he knows what I was saying. And that's I don't know how uh, many bilingual refs there are. There. <laughs> that's my kind of guy. He Maybe even he said that, like, one. even said that, like, later in the game, he uh, just approached the official and said something to him in Spanish just to see if he would talk back to him. And he could tell that the ref, like, had no idea what he was saying. So he's like, I like how did this guy tee me up? Like, he doesn't know what I said. I love my kind of guy. I love that so much. Yes. The last name that I had was uh, Silas Demery from Georgia. Yeah. 6'5", 190. Kim Palm's got him listed as a point guard. Big Eric point Li- guard? Eric likes tall point guards. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Demery's playing pretty well for Georgia uh, to this point in the season. He's uh, – let me find his page. Yeah, he's shooting 34% from three. Limited attempts, I guess. But 
draws a lot of fouls. Free throw rate's good. His free throw rate, he's taking more free throws in league play than he's taking shots from the field. Um, true shooting percentage, top 10 in the league. Steal rate's good. Block percentage in the league is solid. So go steal him. Does it get you a little fired up to – like, I know there's still, like, games to be played and everything, and it's cool, and, like, I'm looking forward to going and covering them, but yeah. this this offseason gets me a little bit fired up. I mean, it's going to be absolutely nuts. And, you know, Eric likes to go out to the Carolinas. They like to schedule teams from the Carolinas, and then, you know, with Ricky Council, and I'm sure I'm going to forget somebody, but guys like L. Ellis, those guys are North Carolina guys. Mm-hmm. Silas Demery's from Raleigh. There you go. Go go back to the well. Some Some connections there, man. Some connections there. I like it. See, I like ending on segments like this because it gets me it gets me pretty fired up. <laughs> I mean, if you're listening at home and it got you fired up, and maybe you're like uh, so fired up that you want to go get some Razorback gear, you know? And if you are, you ought to go check out our friends at, at Alumni Hall, the best and largest selection of Razorback gear. They've got apparel for literally everything. Like, Scotty, you can go in there and get you one of those quarter zips. You can get something for the wife, the kids, if they need to be swagged out. I mean, I've got a wiener dog at home. They've got stuff for your pets. Like, I might go in there and see if there's, uh, you know, a Stanley Amude jersey for Slim Jim the wiener dog. I mean, there they got go. everything. My dog's name is D-Mac after Darren McFadden. need to go throw a jersey on that dude, too. <laughs> Absolutely love that. Man, they got all the hats, the different designs for baseball season that's coming up. Everybody's going to be excited about that. Uh, a lot of nice brands, man. Nike, Columbia, Cutter & Buck, Johnny O, Armour Reserve, Peter Millar. They've got it all. I mean, we know... Uh, you know, some athletes. So for our friends at, and shop the big and tall hogs gear, you know, like we got uh, maybe, uh, you know, Josh Braun, he was in here walking around in our, uh, in our offices the other day. He, was. Um, he probably needs the big and tall. So we can go to alumni <laughs> hall and, and get some of the, uh, the selection there. So uh, alumni hall, that's 3417 North college Avenue in Fayetteville, uh, 479-435-6352 is the number. Uh, you can find a link for alumni hall at NattyStateSports.com, that is www.NattyStateSports.com slash Alumni Hall. Give it a look, Alumni Hall, the ultimate Razorback shopping destination. We're just about done here, man. We are just about done. Uh, let's get into our SEC pickums real quick, uh, just for Tuesday, because we'll be back before uh, before the Wednesday slate with another episode. Only two games again. I think they're getting into this deal where they got some buys every week now. Uh, two games, one, South Carolina at Tennessee. I know you're getting a little bit higher on South Carolina. Maybe I am, I am too, but are they going to be able to go win at Rocky Top? They are not. <laughs> They're not. I'm, re- I'm really coming around on South Carolina for yeah. reasons beyond Michi Johnson um, and the love that I have for that kid's game. I think it's just that team's really improved, and Lamont Paris knows what he's doing. He really does, but they're not they're not gonna beat Tennessee on the road. I'm like that. I think they might compete, but I'm not gonna be surprised if it's I think it would probably be a moral win for South Carolina if they keep it to ten to twelve. I think so too. I mean, I don't, I don't. Um, they'll compete, but it, it'll the final score will look like they didn't. Yeah, I mean, the AP poll is getting ready to come out, and South Carolina very well could be ranked, and so yeah. I, they're better than I have given them credit for. Uh, fun times over for the Cox, man. Like they're yeah. they're not going into Knoxville and winning that game, and and they'll win a lot more games this year, but it ain't going to happen on Tuesday against Tennessee. Uh, the other one, very interesting game. Rivalry game, Mississippi State at Ole Miss. What do you think about that one? I like Ole Miss in that game. And, you know, we're big Tulu Smith guys, Love obviously. Um, but I think Ole Miss has a pretty good one-two punch for him with Cissé and then Jamarian Sharp. Yep. It's two different kinds of seven-footers, right? Hmm. Cissé brings the girth, seven-foot, 230 or whatever. Jamarian Sharp, I, just, I looked earlier, is 235. 
but he's taller than the building that we work in, so it doesn't look <laughs> the exact same. Yeah. Um, but I think different looks, you got to mix up looks against a guy like Tolu Smith to, to even try to limit him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I like Ole Miss too at home. If this is, is if it was at the hump, I, I think I would probably, you know, maybe lean towards Mississippi State there. Yeah, but I'd go I, the other way. I like the, I like the Rebels in Oxford. Um, I think that, like you said, they've got some of the size and length to maybe contain Tolu Smith a little bit better than others. And I, I think I like Ole Miss's backcourt, especially at home, yep. uh, a little bit better. So I, I think I'll go with the Rebels there, too. Uh, we've done it, man. We, we've made it through, Scotty. I'm going to give you knocks on, on this one. It's been a, yeah, it's been, it's been a wild ride. Um, it's, it's a little bit too early to start drinking. I got to do the United States six-pack right after this. and uh, <laughs> You're going to tired of talking about noon, It, it might le- legitimately be a six-pack based, uh, <laughs> based on this morning so far. But we got through it. it. It's been a good time. It's good. Um, we will be back. There will be another episode in everyone's feeds Wednesday morning. Uh, we'll go a little bit deeper into previewing this Missouri game. Uh, and then hopefully maybe we'll, we'll have some sort of an update or a little bit more clarity on what's going on with Devo and, and then Trevin Brazil's status for Yeah, uh, for if nothing Wednesday. else, like Eric's going to do his radio show, right? Right. So yeah, you get exactly. something from that. Exactly. Well, that sounds good. Well, we're out of here, folks. On uh, behalf of Scotty Borland, it's been Curtis Wilkerson with Natty State Sports. Appreciate you guys tuning in to the Pot at the Palace, and we will catch you on Wednesday. Mm-hmm.